Hi guys, it's Nix and oh my god, welcome to my very own podcast talking about everything under the wellness umbrella. But if you know me, you know it's far from your average kind of fucking conversation. It'll be raw, uncut, unscripted, unfucking filtered of course. Lessons of life. If we think of life as one big train ride, people jump on your train and travel with you for a certain amount of time until you get to the next train stop and then they get off. The train is always moving forward and that's how we need to think. Hey guys and welcome back to another episode of Wellness Fucking Wednesday with Nick's. For today's episode, I thought that we would dive right into three of my very important steps when changing your life for the better. And I mean, it wasn't just three. Come on, let's be fucking real now. Shit, you can't change your whole fucking life with only three steps. Bitch, what? But these were three very important steps that I had to make when I decided to change my whole life around. And honestly, my life has fucking changed from, I'm just going to say it like this, dirt fucking broke. And I'm not talking financially, I'm talking poverty of the mind, I'm talking all that type of shit, to now I'm in a fucking way better place. You know, if you know my story, you know that I picked my ass up from rock bottom. And I want to share just three of the many important steps that got me from A all the way to fucking Z. So the first step, and these are in honestly no particular order because we don't fucking roll like that. They're all equally important. But the first one I'm going to start with is declutter. You need to take out the trash, bitch. And I'm not just talking about materialistic items. I'm not talking about chuck out the old bed because it reminds you of fucking old Freddy down the road. Nah, I'm playing. I'm talking about things such as your circle. This includes friends, associates, family even. Just because blood's thicker than water, if you disrespect me or fuck with me, I'll cut you off. Just like a stranger, just like I would do with a stranger. I'm also talking about, in terms of decluttering, traits characteristics that no longer fucking serve you i'm talking about intergenerational trauma that will not serve a purpose or add value to your journey moving forward so when i decided that okay i'm gonna fucking change my life around i'm now how old was i i was 31 and i'm thinking okay i've lived my life for 31 years like this I've got major fucking insecurities. I'm a jealous ass bitch. And because of that, I literally tend to ruin relationships. I have trust issues. And I have underlying fucking trauma that stems from intergenerational trauma that was passed on to me. Unbeknown to my mum. Love you, mum. So when I decided... I'm going to move forward, obviously, and what am I taking into the future with me? I really had to fucking sit down and literally, I took it old school, guys. I grabbed that pen, I grabbed that paper, and I started to write down all the fucking things that I didn't like about me. 
I didn't like the fact that I didn't trust anyone. I didn't like the fact that I was very insecure and jealous of every fucking female. Shit, I was literally that bad. I'd be jealous of your own fucking sister being around you. I'd be jealous of you being around your aunties. And let me just tell you one of the reasons as to why. Once upon a time, I was with this older man and, oh my fucking God, this is, honestly, this fucked me up. So I'm with this older man, we're at his house and we're having a drink. Cool as, innocent as, it's me, it's him, it's his cousin who's the same age as him and they were 10 years older than me. And we were just vibing, we were having drinks, it was all cool, cool, cool. Next minute, both of their mum's sister turns up. So essentially, this is their auntie. Turns up with her box. Cool as, hey, oh, I'm Nix, you know, rah, rah, kisses, whatevs. Sit down, we're all having a beer. Next minute, this auntie's sitting there. She takes off her fucking jacket and she's just got these big fucking fat tits. <laughs> This is so fucked up. I can't believe I'm sharing this. But hey, I'm just telling you where my insecurities stemmed from. I'm pretty flat chested. Unless I'm carrying a child, I'm very flat chested. So that's always been a little, you know, insecurity for me. Anyway, auntie sitting at the table. My partner's directly across from me. Auntie's on the left, cousin's on the right. Cool as. I'm looking at my partner. And she takes her jacket off and next minute she kind of, you know how uh, bodybuilders kind of grab their hands together and squeeze their chest? This bitch is sitting there at the table and she fucking does that and her two fat tits are literally sitting on the fucking table in front of me. And I'm thinking, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I, my family, none of the aunties would ever fucking do that. The cousin is sitting, you know, on the right-hand side. He's sitting opposite this auntie, and he's staring. His eyes are literally perched right in the cleavage of her fucking tits. And she's sitting there, and she's like, Oh, my God, stop looking at my tits. What are you doing looking at my tits? I'm staring straight at my partner. And I'm thinking, what the fuck? Where the fuck am I? Who the fuck is this? Next minute, his eyes, it's like he's trying to stare at me, but these tits are just pulling his eyes down into the cleavage. So anyway, he's staring at her tits, and then she's like, oh, my God. And she looks at me, and she's like, God, can you see what I have to put up with from my nephews? And I'm thinking, bitch, put your fucking jacket on. Anyways... I'm just like buzzing the fuck out. I'm I'm just, wow, what the hell is going on in front of me? My partner gets up, he goes into the room and two, not even two minutes later, she gets up and goes into the room as well. Then they shut the door. Oh my Lord, can you believe this? They shut the door, they're in the room together, they shut the door. Next minute, the cousin says to me, can you see the chemistry between those two? And I'm like, what the fuck? Isn't that your fuller's mum's fucking sister? And they're like, yeah, but those two, this is the cousin says to me, yeah, but those two have always had a thing. 
Anyways, when I walked into the room, I'm knocking on the door and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Your cousin's saying that there's some shit going on between you and this auntie. Like, what the hell is going on? And he doesn't give me a straight answer. So, as you can imagine, you know, I was young at the time, whanau. I was about 18 years old. You know, I was fresh and naive, I feel. And I went through some very fucked up situations in my life that contributed to this 31-year-old who is suffering with major insecurities, major jealousy issues, major trust issues in men, It just wasn't good. So I thought, I need to fucking deal with that shit. What I'm trying to depict here is the fact that I sat down pen to paper and I started to sift through all the traits and characteristics, you know, all these insecurities that I had accumulated over the years due to fucked up experiences like the one I just shared with you guys. And I started to really, really work on myself every single day. In terms of my circle, when I decided to get out of the drug scene, Obviously, I needed to change my environment. I needed to change the people that I was associating myself with because temptation could be very fucking real. I'm very grateful that, well, I mean, it is what it fucking is. I wish it wasn't, but it is. I did all my drug use in Australia. So for me, picking my ass up and coming back to New Zealand, I had no means to be able to access the drug world, so to speak, in New Zealand. Obviously, I know it's fucking there. Oh my God, it's evident. You just walk down the road, you know it's there. But I personally had no access to get to that world here in New Zealand. So that was the first step. The second step was the associates, the people that I used to call friends. So I've been clean for four years now. And in those four years, I've started my journey on social media. So I'm here, I'm in Australia, all these places. I've actually had people from my drug life reach out to me. Some as, you know, recent as a couple of fucking weeks ago. And I'll I'll be honest with you guys, I block them immediately from everywhere. And the reason that I do that is because that is no longer my life. For these people that knew me at that time in my life, you don't fucking know me anymore. You don't know this person that I've become. You don't know the family that I've created there's a quote and it's, I don't even know if it's a quote, but there's a saying, if, if we think of life as like one big train ride, people jump on your train and travel with you for a certain amount of time until you get to the next train stop and then they get off, you know, and the train never goes backwards. It's always fucking going in one direction. You know, we don't need to go backwards to that train stop to fucking see what the fuck that person got up to when he got off the train. Fuck that shit. The train is always moving forward and that's how we need to think, forward focused at all fucking times. So do I feel guilty that I don't associate myself with people from my past? No way, man. You know, shit. Especially that era of my life. We only knew each other in a drug-fueled environment. You fucking don't even have a clue who I am sober because I was never sober around that those people. So I definitely don't feel guilty about that.
In terms of friends and family, honestly, when I decided that I wanted to change my life, I stepped into these fucking shoes, sparkling shoes. And in these shoes, if you do not add value to my journey, if you do not support my fucking journey, if you do not have faith in my ability to fucking climb back from the depths of hell, then you are not fucking worthy in my life. You do not have the privilege to be in my life. Fuck, this quote has helped me so much. It is a privilege to be in my presence, not a right. And that goes for family, that goes for friends, that goes for fucking anybody. Okay, moving on. The next important step when changing your life is you gotta make a plan and you gotta fucking commit to it. There's a quote here, and it says, decide what you want, write that shit down, make a fucking plan, and work on it every single day. My first plan, when I decided that I wanted to get clean, involved using social media. Some of you know what my plan was, and some of you might not, I'm gonna tell you anyway. I've just got out of jail, I can't get a hold of my children. They're in New Zealand with their father. He has no faith in me. He has no trust in me. All because I fucked that up. I lied to him. I told him so many times that I was going to come home, help with the kids. I was going to get my shit together. I was going to get sober and clean. And I fell through every fucking time. So now I'm out of prison. I'm on bail for a minimum of six months. I had no friends in the physical. I had pretty much burnt all bridges with my family members. And so I was essentially, I was all alone. I turned to social media, I turned to Facebook, and I just set my camera up and I started recording. I started to see, after a few recordings of me just doing stupid stuff, you know, utilising fucked up materials to apply makeup, just doing little videos about my journey and about how I wanted to get my shit together and embark on this amazing journey of sobriety. And I started to realise that actually a lot of people in New Zealand were sharing my videos around and the, the videos were actually starting to go viral. At the time, I didn't have any fucking idea what the hell viral was. Instead of me thinking, oh my God, I'm going to get famous or something like that, the first thing that came to my head was, holy fuck, I wonder if the kid's father have seen it. I wonder if my children have seen the, those videos. A part of me was hoping that my kid's father hadn't seen it because I still look cooked as fuck and I still looked out the gate. So maybe he was like, ah, that just confirms it. Video evidence that she's still on meth. <laughs> but that was my plan. I thought, holy shit, I'm going to do this. I'm going to keep doing fucking videos. People in New Zealand are going to keep sharing it. I'm going to fucking force feed New Zealand with my bullshit every day. And someone in New Zealand's going to fucking see, holy shit, that's nux. And they're going to take their phone and they're going to show the children's father and say, hey, isn't this your wife? Isn't this those kids' mother? Look at her, she's getting sober. And that was my plan. And so that's what I did. I started to commit to that plan. Every fucking day, I pulled that phone out and I fucking did a video, and I thought this is what it's going to be. It's going to be a video diary 
of my sobriety. And it's going to be video evidence and proof that I have changed my life around or I am attempting to change my life around and that I deserve another fucking chance at being a mother to those kids. So that's what I did. And I did that for three months into my six-month bail program. And three months in, I got a message from the children's grandmother and she said, Nicola, I'm just messaging you to let you know that we're following all your videos. We're proud of you and the children are waiting for you to come home so they can see you again. Keep going. And I remember getting that fucking message and I thought, holy shit, it fucking worked. My plan that I had set out actually worked. So I kept doing it. I kept doing it with the thought in my mind that even though hundreds of thousands of people were watching these videos, just one person, the grandmother, she was watching. And that was my motivation. So I kept doing it and I kept doing it. I ended up coming back to New Zealand and I made it back. And now I needed a second plan. My first plan I achieved. Now I needed a second plan. And my second plan was stay safe, stay clean, and stay busy. So I'm going to break that down. The stay safe was from negative people that had no faith in me and also from people that had bad intentions for my journey that would love to have fucking seen me fail. So I needed to protect myself from people like that. The stay clean was obviously stay clean off the drugs, which meant I had to cut off anybody that... I felt could lead me to temptation. This made me, I feel as though, become very untrusting towards people. I would meet people and one rule of thumb for me at that time was don't spend too much time with this person. And the reason that I fucking came up with that rule is because I didn't want any potential doors to be opened. As long as I fucking kept my circle to just me, then I couldn't allow for any potential doors to be opened because I didn't know what was on the other side of those doors and I didn't know if I was strong enough to say no to what could have been on the other side of those doors. So that was very hard. I feel like I was very lonely in those times, but I had social media, so I kept doing my videos. And what that did for me was it allowed for me to stay connected to people but still be very much protected from any temptation and from anybody potentially opening up fucking doors in my life. The stay busy part was, that's pretty self-explanatory. I needed to fucking stay busy so that I didn't have time to think about doing anything stupid that would be detrimental to me getting the children. All these three things, stay safe, stay clean, stay busy, was in regards to me wanting the higher goal, which was obviously access to my children. I needed to fucking do that. Otherwise, I would not be allowed to see those kids. There's a quote here, and it says, if you're not working on your recovery, you're working on your relapse. And so every day, I was working on my recovery. And the awesome thing is, is when we, as recovering addicts make the decision to work on our recovery our whanau our family our children our friends all benefit from that decision that we've made 
the third and final step that I'm going to cover today in this podcast is setting boundaries and having set consequences for those people that break those boundaries. Now, there's a little, I don't know if it's a whakatauki, if it's just like a little boundary kind of prayer, but it goes like this. So what I'm going to do is read it to you guys, and then I'm going to break it down. I am not responsible for how people respond to my boundaries. I am responsible for setting and honouring my boundaries. If my relationships end because I set boundaries, it's a sign that the foundation was cracked. In healthy relationships, I can set boundaries without fear of retaliation, cut-offs or manipulation. When I read that this morning before I did this podcast, I thought, holy fuck, in that one paragraph has summed up boundaries and the importance of setting them. So I'm going to break that down. The first part there, I am not responsible for how people respond to my boundaries. When I started doing social media and that, and I had my fucking plan in place, Anyone that came onto my page with negative comments, that had negative intentions, that had negative assumptions about my journey, I fucking took them out. I blocked them. I I got rid of them. And the way in which I described me doing that was weeding my garden. In my garden, I want lovely roses that are supportive, that are positive, you know, that are optimistic about fucking life and about my journey. And every now and then there would be weeds that would come up through the fucking roses. And it's my responsibility to pull those weeds. And I would fucking pull them so happily, like a little girl skipping in the frolicking in the fucking daylight. I'd pluck those weeds, throw them on the trailer and take them down the fucking rubbish dump. And that's what I did. I had a lot of people that came at me. Oh, you just fucking block people. Yeah, you're fucking damn right I do. And the other thing is as well, I didn't just do it online. I did it in real life too. I had to do it to siblings for one part there. You know, because I just needed positivity. I was embarking on this fucking massive mission to get off drugs and to change my life, and I needed people to support me. I'm, if you wanted to fucking bear witness to my journey, you gotta come correct. You gotta fucking be supportive. You gotta add value. You gotta motivate me, inspire me. And if you ain't fucking coming with that shit, get the fuck out of my road then. And that's the mentality that I had to have. For anyone that came at me about setting my boundaries, It was because they are used to breaking fucking boundaries and they're not used to someone putting their foot down and saying, get fucked. And that was me. So, you know, in doing that, you may lose a few people and I lost a few people and I couldn't give two fucks because the people that remained were supportive. They added value to my journey and that's all I wanted to be surrounded by. That quote that says, It's quality over quantity that really fucking comes in deep when you're making changes to your life. You need quality. You need support. You need motivation and inspiration. People that are going to say, you can fucking do it. 
Whatever it is that you want to do, you can do it. You need them type of people. Fuck having a room full of fake people. If you've got just two or three people that are real with you, raw with you, sit with you, be a shoulder for you to fucking cry on, support you, boom, that's me. That's where you'll find me. The next part, I am responsible for setting and honouring my boundaries. The thing to think about and to remember when you are setting these boundaries, and this is what I was saying to myself, I literally had to brainwash myself, and this is how I did it. I would say to myself, I love me enough to not let motherfuckers like you walk all over me like a doormat. I love me enough to not put myself in a fucked up situation where people are backstabbing, people are fucking talking shit. I love me enough to only surround myself with positive people, supportive people. I love me enough to look after my environment and make sure that it is pure and filled with love. And if it's not, it is my responsibility because I love me enough to clean that fucking shit up. The last little bit of that prayer, if my relationships end because I set boundaries, it's a sign that the foundation was cracked. In healthy relationships, I can set boundaries without fear of retaliation, cutoffs, and manipulations. I've been in some fucked up relationships, Fano. I've been made to do things that I didn't want to fucking do, but I did it out of fear of not being accepted, not being loved and things of that nature, when I decided to change my life around, I had to fucking love me, I had to love me enough that I could do it on my own, so stepping into my new relationship with my partner that I have now, who I fucking love to bits, when I stepped into this relationship, I had boundaries, I had very clear boundaries, And those boundaries were based on experiences that I had endured in my past. And I had to say right from the get-go, I love me too much to put myself in those situations again. So if that's the type of fucking relationship that you think we're going to have, you got another fucking thing coming. And you know what? He turned around and said the exact same fucking thing. We sat at a table, we laid out our boundaries... And ever since then, three years going strong, we've been working on it, working on it, to not fucking cross those boundaries, to have enough respect for each other, not to fucking do that, to support each other, to love each other. But let me tell you something, I had to go through how many fucked up relationships to get to this point. So, with that being said, guys, that is my podcast for today. Thank you so much for listening and joining me on this journey and if you are embarking on a journey to change your life for the better just remember that it is possible to have an environment and a support network of only positive motivating inspiring people in your fucking corner if you don't have that keep looking Keep looking, pluck them weeds out when your garden gets weeds. It's your responsibility to pluck them to ensure that you only have a beautiful garden of roses. Anyway, guys, that's me. Thank you so much again. And I'll see you next week for Wellness Fucking Wednesday with Nick's.